I've never found Twitter ads to work. I think it's the biggest waste of money in the world. I think you're better off writing like threads <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> than running a paid ad. But yeah, TikTok ads work. I think YouTube ads work. I just think it's like, it's a platform where people want to spend time yeah, and where yeah, people yeah. are there to be entertained. Twitter, I'm like, I'm not there to be entertained. I'm there to learn something. Yeah. And Snap, I'm not sure I'm there to be entertained. I'm more there to communicate with people. Exactly. Yeah. So it's definitely hard. It's almost like, you know, running ads on Messenger or WhatsApp. Exactly. It'd be very different experience. Yeah. It's the mindset of whoever's using the app is just, yeah. it's not there to consume ads. This is Limited Supply, the place for refreshingly real takes on what D2C is really like. We're your hosts, Nick and Moyes. Let's start talking about money. So I love Tapcart. It's a drag and drop builder that turns your Shopify store into a native mobile app in just a few hours. The average time to launch an app live in the app store is just about two weeks. Crazy stats, average 43x ROI, high conversion and retention rates, 100% organic reach per push, push notification CTR 7x higher than email, over 92% engagement rate. So limited supply listeners get their first two months of Tapcart for free. So you'll actually be able to launch your app live and test this new owned sales and marketing channel. Head to tapcart.com slash limited. That is tapcart.com slash limited to book a demo and start building your app today. You won't regret it. All right, we're back. We've got the third or fourth episode. We still don't know which one this is. Yeah. We're going to figure it out. Workweek's got to figure out if they're going to allow it or not. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. We just finished the Rumble workout. I think I hit an all-time high in terms of calories burned. That was 1,060 for me. That's crazy. 14.9 on the whoop strain, if anybody listening has a whoop. Uh, okay, so we got a bunch of stuff to talk about today. Mostly, it's uh, some of the stuff is things that we wanted to cover last week and didn't get a chance to. One is what credit card should you be, should you be using? Another is state sales tax, which I think is a huge black hole for businesses. Uh, buy with Prime because a little a few more details have leaked out. Uh, Snap earnings that came out. Um, some SaaS pricing if we get a chance to get there as well. But let's start with credit cards because I think that's where we ended our last episode. Yeah, you know you would name drop Parker for credit cards. Yeah. And tell me, you know, do you use a Parker card? Tell me about Parker card. So we mainly use American Express business. Do you use the gold or the platinum? Platinum. Okay. The team uses gold. I use platinum. (laughs) You know what's great about platinum? I'm sorry, the gold is you get something like 3X rewards points. Yeah, it's great for ads. Yeah, on ads. Yeah. Yeah. For the first like $100,000. Once you get 100K, it's like pretty useless. Yeah. It's funny, like all these new banks and credit card companies are basically built off the same stack. It's like they decide how to allocate their, you know, when you swipe a card, 3% or 2.6% is charged. Yeah. I've been meaning to look this up, like what the split is between the merchant processor, like what what does authorized.net take or what does Stripe take and what goes back to the credit card company. Yeah. And like, this is how, like, I don't know if you've ever seen these videos on YouTube, the, the, Airline credit card businesses are like five times the size of the actual airline sure, itself. Sure, yeah, yeah. And it's all because, you know, you use like, I use a Delta American Express card and they're making 2.3% or whatever their split is of that. Yeah. So anyways, with these D2C credit cards, like they're all they're doing essentially is they're just innovating on the front end, right? Like the back end underlying technology is still like regulated and probably hard to change, but... Companies like uh, Parker or Ramp or Brex, all they're really doing is like making the user experience easier, whether you're a media buyer or a CFO. And so I think it's kind of interesting. Like Parker is one where I don't think you would use Parker across your whole business, but you could use it in ads because you get like 60 day payback with no fee. And then, you know, their intro offer, for example, is interesting for the first 30 days, you can get 3% cash back. So basically they're saying like everything we make and maybe plus a little bit more is going straight back to you. Yeah. And that's our cost of customer acquisition. And then we're going to keep that fee and you're not going to have to pay a percent on top of a 60 day rolling. I think there's a lot of things to digest there. A few things that I want to mention. One is you use a Delta American Express. Um, Only because, have you seen it? Yeah, because it's metal. It's got the plane. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. They, yeah, they the made it metal. of a plane. Yeah, I'm yeah, obsessed with awesome. planes. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's called Delta. They call them Delta Sky Miles. And everyone in the frequent flyer community calls them, calls them Delta Sky Pesos. because Yeah, they're, they're not metal. worth anything. So one of the businesses that I'm an investor in, I'm looking at their Stripe account right now. They have $745,000 in credit card charges over the past 30 days, let's say. And, you know, this isn't their entire business because they've got a bunch of like, you know, they take Shopify or I'm sorry, PayPal and Amazon pay. The network costs are the co- that they pay interchange. The, basically, mm-hmm. the amount Visa gets is $18,000. 
like you know that that's how much uh credit card fees that they've got right and then they've which is what eighteen thousand. And this is processed through Shopify pays? No, directly through or directly uh, on Stripe. Yeah, directly through Stripe. Okay. 750, one, two, three. So yeah, that's two point four percent. And that includes the credit card swipe fee and everything. Okay. So they're paying that's pretty good. Yeah, they're paying eighteen thousand. These guys have great rates. Eighteen thousand five hundred in network costs. And then Stripe is getting two thousand one hundred forty dollars and fifty three cents on this business that charged seven hundred forty five thousand in the last thirty days. So Stripe's cut is two thousand out of seven forty five. Uh, the banks are eighteen thousand five eighty two out of seven forty five. Wow! Uh, just for some context in terms of how things get split up, when I think about credit cards, I think of two different things. One is some businesses are like, "Look, we need terms because we're using this as a financing." Right. And those instances, I think the uh, Parkers are all great. Uh, you know, there have been a lot of good and bad things said about Brex. I think Brex sort of pioneered this industry. Agreed. Of like coming out with new credit cards or at least making it big. The problem was they consistently changed their underwriting standards where something will happen and they'll be like, oh my God, we're no longer giving you any terms. We're shutting down your account. Yeah. I had an American Express card and when COVID hit, they're like one of our businesses, uh, sorry, I had an American Express card. One of our businesses got a call from American Express and was like, give us your new financials because we're getting scared as well. They never changed the the credit they were giving or anything like that. Brex changed credit credit lines for a lot of businesses mm-hmm. and shut down a lot of accounts when like they thought there was market uncertainty. Like they, they're underwriting. Yeah, I feel like they also just announced if you didn't raise money, you're not getting a Brex account. That's terrible. I wonder what happened to our Brex account. So I, I think there are, there are great credit cards if you're looking for financing. But if you're not looking for financing, there's a, a Bank of America cashback card, which yeah. gives 2.625% cashback. So it's, which a fr- it's free. Literally, uh, I mean, it's more than this business is paying. Like Bank yeah. of America loses money look, looking at these stripe rates that this business is paying. Right. They're giving more money than they're charging here. And it's the best credit card in the world for cashback, 2.62%. There's other uh, cards that may be better uh, if you try and optimize for things for miles, like that American Express Gold. You get three points for every dollar you spend on Facebook ads for the first hundred thousand dollars. Right. If you have less than a hundred thousand in spend a year, it's great. If you have two hundred thousand, you can probably get two American Express Gold cards. You know, if you've got ten million in Facebook ad spend, you don't have the ability to like get a hundred different American right. Express yeah, yeah. Gold cards. At some point, it stops. Yeah. I got to meet the Marriott's, like I was using SPG a long time ago when I was running native in like 2015. I got to meet, and the other thing I love about credit card cash back is it's tax-free. So you get 2.62% back from this Bank of America card, right. tax-free, at 40% because that's how much you pay in taxes, right? So it's basically 3537 on this credit card, which is really amazing. Yeah. One guy that I know has been running this business, he's gotten a million dollars in cash back from this Bank of America card. Wow. And it's tax-free. Wow. And you know that million dollars is tax-free, so it'd be like earning $1.8 million. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. That's amazing. So I'm like, you know, if you if your business can do it, I try and optimize for the points. Right. I got to meet the Marriott CEO once and I was like, who has the most Marriott rewards points? Because I thought it was me. I'd spent so much money on my Marriott credit card or my SPG credit card. And you card. were doing that for, for native ads? Yeah. In like 2015 okay. or like really early on. Yeah. Um, and he's like, someone has 5 million points. And I was like, dude, I've got way more than 5 million points. You, are, you don't know what you're talking Like, who has the most? And he's like, go talk to our VP of loyalty over there. She might know. And so I, ta- I was like, hey, I just talked to Arnie and he said to talk to you, who has the most Marriott credit card rewards points or most Marriott points? And she's like, someone has 25 million. I was like, no, I've got more than 25 million. <laughs> it's not them. I was like, you know, who is it? You must know who this is. And they're like, believe it or not, our system doesn't allow us to sort by who has the wow. most points. So we know how many points people have in general, like as a, in cumulative amounts. Yeah. But we don't know who has the most. So they're like, we don't know if, you know, and I had something like 40 million points at that time. Wow. And they're like, we don't know if this is the most or not. But I was trying to get them. So your your credit card stack was Amex and then Marriott? And United and uh, Capital, uh, like I've been through many because yeah. like, you know, once you get enough Marriott points, you're like, okay, I need to diversify. Right. Then you yeah. get enough American Express points. Then you're like, I need diversify to diversify. your vacation streams. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and like, you know, I've got north of 20 million Marriott, north of 20 million Amex. Yeah. Uh, north of 10 million United. If you, uh, I love a credit card. If you invest points. in a business yeah. and a founder is like, all right, we have the choice between the 60 day payment terms, yeah. ramp, Let's say you're also an investor in Ramp. Yeah. Ramp as an option. And, you know, what you did, like, I'm going to go use yeah. whatever because <laughs> on my weekends, yeah. I'm flying yeah, somewhere yeah, sure. and enjoying the weekend. Yeah. Would uh, you say that the points belong to the business 
Or would you say like, hey, founder, go go use those points on your own? Uh, I generally think it's like the scale of the business. And, you know, most guys who are raising money are probably not in a situation where they're throwing off a ton of cash. And so I think it belongs to the business. And, you know, I heard from the Rumorville that basically um, uh, MeUndies was using this Capital One card that gave you 2% back to help them reduce the cost of Facebook ads by 2%. And I really respect that. There's that's a business dope. I'm an investor in that's a pretty big scale. And they're like, you know, the, in the contract with the uh, the CEO, they're like, are we your credit card rewards points are yours as your bonus. Like, that is your bonus for the year. Oh, wow. And so it does get to like, you know, sometimes we're talking about seven figures a year in yeah. value. And that's not nothing. So I think it is worthy of a discussion and a determination of where who these points belong to. And I think, it, uh, you know, people can be open and honest about it and be like, these points are mine or these points are not mine. Right. Yeah, makes sense. But the hard part is when you sell the business, you know, <laughs> P&G didn't buy my Marriott points, right? Like right. They bought the business. And right. so those Marriott points remain Can you me. Can you not transfer them? I have no idea if you can transfer them to be Do you honest. still have access to them or no? Yeah, yeah those are my Marriott. Oh, like, you okay. know, it's pre-acquisition. It, was, it wasn't like, and you know, you list out the balance sheet. I wasn't like, we also own Marriott points. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. I was like, that, that's not part of the transaction here. Got it. Okay, cool. Okay. So that's, uh, I think, a great summary of credit cards. There's a Bank of America card, which I think is a fantastic if you're looking for And is there a limit back. to the cash back no. there? Oh, you, okay. What you, do, what you do need to do in order to get that much in uh, cash back is you have to have $100,000 in a Bank of America account sitting okay. in the cash or like, you know, in your Merrill Lynch account in investments, and that's fine too. But you need to keep that $100,000 there. And then these guys throw off 2.625%. Wow, that's a huge hack. It's insane. It is so much money. I mean, you're getting 3.5% back, uh, you know, ta- if you spend $200,000 a month and use that card, yeah. you can pay for a TikTok content creator to work for you for completely free as a result of those points. Yeah, that's Tax right. Tax-free. Yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. Um, Everybody should be doing that. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. I mean, you just have to not need terms, right? Because they give you 30-day terms or like the regular terms right. of a credit card. So if you, as long as you don't need more than that 30 days to pay off the card, everyone should be using right. that card. Right, agreed. Okay, let's talk about state sales tax, which I think has been a huge black hole. Someone needs to get Congress to step in because basically what happens now, you know, when I was running Native independently, we already had to remit sales tax in every single county in California, and I was like, there are 50 counties here. And mm-hmm. I got to do this quarterly by hand. I got to upload all this information. This is too hard. And now, you know, you have to do it in every county in every state if you're a business doing north of $5 million. Right. And like, you know, the solutions out there, which are tax jar and Avalara, are both yeah. super expensive. Right. We're talking about three to $5,000 a month. Yeah. It's either Avalara or you like hire somebody full-time. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are just not doing it to be frank as well. Agreed. Like, uh, they're you know not collecting sales tax correctly. And I don't even blame them because if you're a $2 million a year business, you may not be able to afford $50,000 a year, like a $2 million revenue <coughs> business. You have to spend $50,000 a year in, to, in these compliance costs. It's insane. We need a federal law here so that every state isn't doing their own little bullshit. Agreed. And uh, county. And county. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you and, think there's an opportunity for someone to be like, all right, I'm going to charge you 10 grand as a one-time thing. I'm going to come in and set everything up. I think it's more complicated than that because like every quarter, some counties are like every month, you need to remit your sales tax. Some counties are like every quarter, you need to remit your sales tax. So you've got to be like, you know, get the amount of sales tax that you owe to that county at the end of the month. It's almost the end of July, at the end of July, and then remit it. And some businesses or some counties, you got to wait till, you know, the end of September and then remit it. So you got to know which counties to do. How did where. you guys do it? We did it before that law came out. So okay. Wayf- like Wayfair came out in like 2017 or 2018. In 2015 and 16, you didn't need to do that. Got it. Then this law came out and everyone's like, we don't know what to do here. Yeah. And there's still a little bit of a black hole, I think. Um, and what so- are who, who was behind the law creation? Avalara. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, I think Amazon was also being like, we need a lot more clarity and we don't care if we have to pay state sales tax right. because- you know, we can collect and we've got that, you know, for us, it's worth it. We're doing billions of dollars, in right. 50, but for a $3 million a year business, it's really tough. Yeah. The part where this gets a lot more tricky, because like, okay, if you're in compliance or not in compliance, there's probably somebody's doing something that's not in compliance right now. Warren Buffett has this great quote. He's like, if a police officer follows you for 50 miles on the road, he's going to be able to pull you over for something. Right. You're going to have committed some traffic violation. I think most businesses are not in compliance with at least one thing here. The hard part is here when you sell your business, that state sales tax is a big uh, issue now in sales of businesses, where sometimes if I'm buying your business, I'm like, have you remitted state sales tax? And if you say no, then I'm like, okay, I was going to pay you a million dollars. We need to put $200,000 in escrow in case any state comes after us. 
And some will say, instead of this, instead of the 200,000 in escrow, I was going to pay you a million. Now you get 800,000. I'm going to take that 200,000 and actually go out, pay off the states that you owe and have not paid. So it's affecting M&A wow. deal prices. And the, some states are saying you're personally liable for it. If you like collected it and didn't remit it, you as the CEO owe the money out of your own bank account personally, not the company. Wow. And so it's really affecting, like I know founders who are in trouble here as a result of collecting and not remitting in every state, which they shouldn't have done, but now they're like, we might be personally liable for this. Right. And we never thought of it as our money. It was sort of business money, right? Right. It was like a cash flow helper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, they shouldn't have done that, no question, but they're personally liable for it. And that's a huge thing now. Wow. That's gnarly. Yeah. And so I think that we need something to happen with state sales tax. Nothing has. It's a huge black hole and causing a bunch of people a lot of heartburn and a lot of violations that shouldn't exist. I wonder why Avalara charges so much. Is it just because they can, because they're the only option? There's another business called TaxJar that does it, and TaxJar was acquired by Stripe. Okay. And you know, I know that Stripe and Tax Stripe is creating their own, and they bought TaxJar, and they're ultimately going to merge these two things. Got it. I would bet on Stripe to fix this problem for small businesses. Yeah, me too. And in particular, you're just like, look, if everything's running through Stripe, it's pretty great anyway. Avalara is a publicly traded company, though. Uh, yeah. I don't know what their stock looks like right now. Not as hit as not hit as bad as I thought. Fifty percent down in the last year. Okay, that's not very good. So Avalara going down fifty percent, and you know some other metrics I like to look at are like subway traffic or airport traffic. What are yeah. other metrics you look at to be like, all right, where's the world going in three months? Like if you could create one report yeah. every month that comes to you, yeah, what what would you put in there? Avalara stock price, I think, is a great indicator. I think Amazon stock price is probably a good indicator too. Yeah, I think both of those. Uh, are airport true. traffic, subway traffic, yeah, cost um, of billboards, maybe. Also, things like housing, like what is rent? You know, we're talking right. about like um, you know one of the things I'd love to chat about if we got time is like inflation. You know, inflation print in uh, June was nine point one percent, which is crazy, but a lot of that was due to really high gasoline prices. You know, house prices, I'm in an, I own something like 200 single family homes that I rent out. And you know, so the rents in these, like I, I bought this fourplex about a year and a half ago. And I thought, okay, the rent is going to be $1,200 per unit. And so I can afford to buy this. I, I paid $600,000 for four units that were brand new, uh, brand new construction. And I was like, I'm going to rent them out for $1,200 each. I get $4,800 a month. You know, I've got a little bit of cost in terms of property tax, which I got to maintain. There shouldn't be much repairs because it's a brand new building. Mm -hmm. uh, I rented them out. I made the offer. We signed the contract. I closed the deal. And it took about 45 days for all that to happen. To buy, buy the house. To buy the place. Yeah. Okay. Between me looking at it, thinking, okay, $1,200, making an offer, them <laughs> accepting it, drafting the contract, signing it, and you know, me wiring the funds, it was about a 45-day process. Okay. Between me looking at it and me getting the actual title and owning it. And between that amount of time, rents went from $1,200 to like $1,550. Wow. And now those units are up for renewal and I'm getting $1,700, $1,800. Wow. And you know that's an insane amount of increase. It was $1,200 yeah, 18 months ago. Now it's $1,800. Like right. People can't afford that. And rents need to come down to a more realistic level. And I think I'd really be paying attention to rents right now because I think they're primarily fueling inflation. And it's hard to get those things to come down right now. Interesting. That was uh, a that selfish ask because I'm having somebody on my team put this together. Okay, yeah. Rents would be- So we're going to add rent Yeah, to CPI, inflation prints, uh, that would be on there. And probably also, what has the S&P 500 been doing? Right. And what's the PE ratio look like? Yeah, solid. Um, all right, let's get into buy with Prime. So okay, we talked awesome. about this on the last episode. Yeah. I was supposed to go ask somebody at Shopify. You actually got the pricing. I got the pricing. How'd um, you get it? I got it because one of the businesses that I'm an investor in is thinking about doing buy with Prime. Okay, cool. Uh, and they're like, uh, you know, we had a conversation about this. And the guy who's running this business, I love him so much. He's like so thoughtful about this. But let's talk about the pricing for a second first. Yep. So the buy with Prime is basically there's a button on your product page. And that button means, uh, you know, someone clicks it and checks out through Amazon and the, your order is fulfilled through Amazon. So fulfillment is starting at $4.75 per unit fulfilled and $0.83 cents per cubic foot stored. Um, the prime service, so actually the Amazon fees around this, not the fulfillment services, are 3% of the order value. Wow. $1.50 minimum. So, you know, if you're selling a $10 item, uh, this is eating up 15% of your uh, yeah. cost. So it's a little bit tough. If you're selling wow. a you know thirty dollar item, okay, no problem. And That's, then Amazon charges a two point four percent plus thirty cents transaction fee. And I think that two point four percent. I think that he mentioned that it's going up to two point nine percent. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I was even looking at 
the pricing differences between like Square, Clover, and Stripe. Yeah. The lowest you can get is 2.3, but you have to pay some hefty fee. The average is 2.6. For like a credit card transaction? Yeah, in person. In person. So not in person. I think 2.9 is probably the average you'd get unless you're like, you know, that business you mentioned that's getting 2.4. 2.9 is the starting rate Stripe charges you. If you just sign up for a Stripe rate, it's 2.9%. If you get to like a million dollars in scale, they'll generally knock you down to 2.75%. I think a native, I was at 2.2 plus 30, or plus 25 cents wow. uh, when I left. Wow. So you can really negotiate. And I, you know, that's a great thing to negotiate because yeah. all of it does yeah, is actually, one thing, one thing I, I learned from you is like every milestone you go and negotiate. Yeah, Even if right. they're like, fuck you, yeah. you just still go for it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have to. And like, you keep following up and be like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I just hit a milestone. Celebrate <laughs> with me with lower prices. Yeah. We, uh, with hooks that we launched, we launched hooks like, couple months ago and the first hundred thousand I was like hello can we get a reduction no response it's two hundred thousand hello yeah <laughs> I'm just gonna keep doing it yeah, until definitely. they do it yeah and message the CEO yeah like, exactly the CEO and be like hey what's going on here yeah <laughs> um so a little bit more detail about uh, buy with prime you own the customer data and that you own their email address and can contact them no uh contract required here also Amazon pays you out weekly. You know, Stripe pays you out basically daily mm-hmm. with a 3-day or 4-day lag. Amazon I think here is going to pay you out weekly. A couple of the things that are really scary here is one, you still have to collect the sales tax and remit the sales tax. So going back to our so that's on tax, top of this. This is still on you, yeah. uh, which is a little scary. The other part is that it doesn't you can only buy one SKU at a time. So for instance, let's say people are used to buying a bottle of water or like a coffee uh, cup and a pound of coffee beans. Right. You cannot buy both of those things. You can't add two things to your cart and then buy with Prime. The buy with Prime badge or button lives on your product page. And as a result, you can only click it from the product page and you're immediately taken to Amazon, which means you can only purchase one SKU at a time, which means it might be hard to bundle products together. And I think a lot of our Shopify website owners or a lot of Shopify website owners are basically like, how do I bundle things to get my AOV up? Here, you're not going to be able to do that easily. So it's not like I can be like, okay, here's, you know, you just added a, a pound of coffee beans to your cart, pop up, add two more and save a little bit. No, you don't get to do that here to try and get somebody to buy three. And you, you can't assemble a cart and then get them to buy with Prime. It's just one item on the product page that goes and buy, you have to buy with Prime. So I think it'll bring AOV down. And I think that's what people are scared of. Do right you know now. the cost of shipping? Because this screenshot doesn't have the cost of actual shipping on it. The cost of shipping? Or um, is that the 475 per unit fulfilled? Starting at 475 per unit fulfilled. I'm so pretty starting, sure I'd that. assume, is like the three to five day. Started with three to five day shipping rates? Yeah, I guess so. Right? So yeah. I just did the math here. So twenty. let's say your, your product's $25. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's completely gross. That's before any discounts yeah. or whatever. So- you, 475 goes away. That's three to five day shipping. 3% of the order value goes away. Yeah. And then the, the Amazon pay fee goes away and yeah. then 30 cents goes away. So on yeah. a $25 order, you're making 18.6 with five day shipping. So a couple of quick things there. Um, the $20 order. So you have a $1.50 fee. That's a, the prime service is a minimum $1.50 fee. So you're down to 18.50 there. Cause like 3% of $20 is just, wait, but is cents, it right? It's 3% of the order value, right? Yeah, which is 20 bucks here. Or $1.50. Oh, no, yeah. I put 25. Oh, you put 25. Sorry. Okay, gotcha. But 3% of that is just 75 cents. So you're, right. they'll take $1.50 here. It's $1.50 minimum. Right. So that, okay, that's how you got to 1860. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. You took $1.50. Okay, the fulfillment service, it's 475. It's actually one or two days. It's prime service. It's still prime service. They're just saying get it at three to five day shipping rates. Got so it. So it says get one oh, day see, and two day delivery at three to five shipping rates. Got it. So yeah, let's say it's four seventy five there, a dollar fifty at the other place. So you're at five six twenty five, plus two point four plus yeah. So eighteen sixty sounds pretty reasonable. The funny part is like, regardless of whether or not you claim the Prime badge, like it is Prime service level yeah. shipping. Yeah, yeah. The badge thing is so interesting. Like you know, the whole thirty badge is another one. The Leaping Bunny badge is sure. another one. These badges are massive businesses. Yeah, yeah, they are. They are massive, and they businesses. have annual renewals yeah. or percentage based on order. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. insane. Even the Susan G. Coleman Foundation, breast cancer, yeah, cost you money. have to pay tens of thousands of dollars yeah. to promote that. If you win the Allure- Or to donate money. If you win an Allure Beauty Award and then you, yeah, you use have to the pay badge money. to say, hey, I won an Allure Beauty Award, they're like, we're charging you here. Yeah. I recently, uh, like, I got an email where I'm like, you've been nominated as a beauty icon of the year 
nominee or something. And they're like, to accept this nomination, pay $750. (laughs) I was like, you guys are criminals. You guys are literally just making up awards at this point. This is a complete (laughs) scam. But like, you know, the Amazon stuff, a lot of the charges are you're going to have to pay anyway. Like that 475 fulfillment, that's cheaper than you're going to pay. The Amazon pay cost, 2.4% plus 30 cents. That's what you're going to have to pay as well. The prime service is different. But the customer gets the product in one to two days. Yeah. And I think Amazon handles returns and customer service. So it also makes it a lot easier. That is nice. The uh, customer so I, service I'm curious, is like an It's basically cost. just launching today. I think the benefits are huge. Fast service. You log into Amazon. So your address is saved. Your credit card information is saved. So very few like um, issues with conversion rates. I think the hard part is just like your AOV is going to take a hit. And is right. that okay? So the screenshot we have is just one slide. But the notes you have. So... Back to the the AOV thing. You can only sell one unit or... You, you can sell more than one unit, but one item. So it, li- like it, it lives on your PDP page, right? right? So like, let's say you're selling this bottle of water you got here. Yeah. That bottle of water is, you know, you, you click buy with Prime and you're immediately taken to Amazon. Oh, site. I see. It's you just can't go single around product and continue orders. shopping. Yeah. Got it, got it, And got build it. a card and be like, okay, I've got this cart. Let me go now buy Now I'm going to go buy with Prime. No, no. Because Amazon might not have all those items in stock, right? right? So right, right. you might be selling that bottle of water on uh, Amazon, but you might not be selling that iPad on Amazon. Got it. So okay. people can't build a cart. They can only do it right off the product page. Got it, got it. Makes sense. Um, so anyway, you're really curious to see how this works out in the next few months. Yeah. I'm sure brands are going to adopt this. I wonder what the uptake rate is of those brands and then of consumers. And do consumers get way more comfortable? I think it's a genius part on Amazon's move, which is you were driving all this uh, Facebook ad traffic and TikTok ad traffic to your website. Well, we're going to capture that too now. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's really genius on their part. Agreed. Okay. Let's switch gears here and talk about something that just happened this last week, which is Snap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Snap earnings came out. Their revenue is up 13% year over year which is their slowest growth ever. And as a result, their stock fell 40%. And I saw all these clips on Twitter and on Reddit where Jim Cramer, you know, stocks, uh, uh, Snap stock is trading at $10 a share. I saw all these clips where Jim Cramer is rec- recommending the stock at $90 a share. It's hilarious. I love watching Jim Cramer recommend things and then be so off. You just got to do everything he says yeah, to do. You got to do the opposite. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess two, I want to ask you two questions because I think you'll have good insight into this. Yeah. Do you think Snap growth is slow as a result of the economy and the market slowing, or is TikTok eating Snap's lunch? I think TikTok's eating Snap's lunch. You know what's interesting is like Snap as a platform, Snap hasn't really innovated. Like they yeah. tried to do a huge play with content yeah. and creating their own shows. And I don't think that really worked because no one wants to go to their app where they send nudes and then watch, you know, like 12 year olds talk about <laughs> pop culture. And TikTok is just. Like TikTok just innovates so much faster. Like, you know, almost every month when you open TikTok, there's some new UI change or new UX change, or they add something to the platform or they, you know, they they test something. Snap just like doesn't test anything. And I feel like all the people I have on Snap are like the people I don't care about looking at what they're doing from high school. And I think their ad product too hasn't been like insanely innovative I mean, I remember testing Snap ads when it was in the alpha. Yeah. And I did it at Hint. This was like pre-Pixel. And I remember the first couple thousand dollars of ad spend, it was like the ad would load and then the web page would load behind it. And it completely fucked all your retargeting audiences and your your analytics because everything was like a page view of half a second yeah, with a bounce though- rate that went through the roof. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then we stopped using it. And then I don't think we it was ever like a huge part of the stack. I do remember a friend of mine worked at uh, Ramoa. He did all their digital acquisition. And he said that like their retargeting on Snap was great. But yeah, I mean, I don't know that people today are like excited to run ads on Snap. I think everybody's excited to run ads on TikTok and YouTube. And, you know, I have this tweet in front of me and it basically says TikTok will generate 12 billion from ads this year. And it's expected to generate double that next Next year. year. Wow. Or sorry, in 2024. Wow. That's crazy. So that's insane growth. And, you know, the only other platform... That is uh, obviously not Facebook, but it looks like YouTube is expected to be there 2024. Snap and Twitter are both between around six to eight million, six to eight billion in advertising revenue. I've never found Twitter ads to work. I think it's the biggest waste of money in the world. I think you're better off writing like threads on Twitter (laughs) than running a paid ad. But yeah, TikTok ads work. I think YouTube ads work. I just think it's like it's a platform where people want to spend time and where people are there to be entertained. 
Twitter, I'm like, I'm not there to be entertained. I'm there to learn something. Yeah. And, and Snap, I'm not sure I'm there to be entertained. I'm more there to communicate with people. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's definitely hard. It's almost like, you know, running ads on Messenger or what. Exactly. It'd be very different experience. Yeah. It's the mindset of whoever's using the app is just, yeah. it's not there to consume ads. Yeah. I remember Netflix was like, we're not competing with television anymore. We're competing with TikTok now. Like, mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see how the market has evolved. What's crazy is that Snap has very few e-commerce advertisers. I remember when I was advertising, I also started advertising on Snap during the alpha or the beta. And I remember doing a call with our team and being at the, looking at the platform. And I was like, this is garbage, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, <laughs> such cheap eyeballs. So I've got to try it. Like that's the benefit of having to deal with garbage is you get, price, right. <laughs> uh, you get lower prices. And for like a month it worked. And I remember thinking our business is doing really well right now. I'm like, and we don't have enough inventory. So I'm going to turn off my Snap ads, but in about two or three months we'll be up, we'll have ramped up our inventory and then I'll turn them back on. And so I was almost saving them as like a bullet in my, you know, arsenal. And then two or three months later, I tried to turn on Snap ads and they were terrible. And I was like, well, I lost the opportunity here. And it really made me realize one, I should take advantage of those opportunities. And things don't, you know, things don't just stick around for a while. There's very few e-commerce advertisers on Snap. It's not like Facebook or TikTok that both have those categories. Twitter doesn't have that category either. Snap will be like, look, we got DraftKings to drop a million dollars a day for the next 30 days. We have Netflix dropping a million dollars a day to promote a new movie that's coming out. They don't have a lot of direct response advertisers. Agreed. And so I don't think they've figured it out. Like, I don't think they've spent the time or resources to be like, how do we get e-commerce businesses to start advertising here? And I'm not even sure they have like apps like mobile gaming to be like, let's spend money here. They definitely have brand advertisers like Netflix. I wouldn't be surprised about Rimawa because they do a bunch of like brand ads as well. They've not figured out direct response. So recently I bought a brand and we put it on Tapcart pretty quickly. It was almost one of the first things that we did as far as relaunching the brand. It's been huge for building out a push subscriber list as well as increasing our conversion rate among customers who already love us and use our product because it's such a consumable product. Features include the ability to put out exclusive product drops and launch products early to mobile app users. On average, Tapcart users see 10 to 30% app adoption rates from their existing customer base. And you don't need to worry about getting downloads or figuring out how to market an app because Tapcart has you covered and can even coach you on how to drive subscribers. Start today with a demo and one month free at tapcart.com. Another thing is back in the day, your ads would open directly in a browser, like your actual oh, native those browser, the best, days. the best days. And now you have like the snap browser, which just looks like uh, something that like a 10 year old, it looks like a, a parental controlled like browser. It just, it doesn't look like something, anything sophisticated, you know? I know exactly what you're talking about. There was a switch. And basically what Nick's talking about is you'd click an ad on Facebook and for a while it would open up Safari, uh, your mobile Safari browser on your iPhone, and you'd see the ad in mobile Safari. And to go back to the Facebook app, you'd basically have to switch apps. Now what happens is you click an ad and it opens up in a Facebook browser. The big X at the top. Yeah, big X at the top. You can easily accidentally go back to Facebook because instead of having to switch apps, you just sort of go back. Like right. you go back a page and you end up going back to Facebook. And so um, that's really been a problem. I, like, I remember I tried to create a link where I was like, how do I get this link like to deep open link up in Safari? Safari? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I talked to a couple of developers and they're like, that's not possible here. Yeah. It really made ad performance worse, like materially worse. And I think that change happened in like, 2016. And I was like, fuck, there's nothing you can do and you got to live with it. But um, it is definitely worse experience. One thing I'm excited to try uh, with Long Weekend is actually run app install ads for our Long Weekend tap card app. Yeah. And then try to deep link people who've installed the app directly to the app. I don't know if that's possible, but I'm going to try it. Tell us what the cost is between cost per install and a cost and per then conversion. Acquire. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I'd be really curious to find out what that is. Yeah. Anyway, big earnings week coming up. Facebook is coming up. Shopify is coming up. Like, I think Facebook's going to have a good quarter. Uh, You know, Twitter didn't have a great quarter. Snap had a terrible quarter. From the brands that I've chatted with, Facebook is firing on all cylinders right now. Yeah. Um, I've talked with a bunch of brands that are basically like, we've doubled our business since July of last year when we had all these iOS issues to now. I'm super bullish on Facebook. Today's Saturday, July 23rd. So we're about four days in advance of it. Uh, I'm not sure when this uh, this episode will drop, but like you know, we'll see if we're proven correctly. I think Facebook will beat earnings. Agreed. All right, should we get into SaaS pricing? Yeah, sure. All um, right. So Clavio announced a price increase. Yeah. Slack also had a notification. I had a notification in my Slack, which was basically uh, your price is going up. I think it's like two dollars or three dollars per user per month, 
which is a lot of money, especially for like a company. Yeah. Or you could pay today's price, lock it in for a year, pay it all right now. And you're good. So it was like, you could either go fuck yourself. You could either go fuck yourself. You choose. (laughs) But it's crazy because I feel, I mean, I'm not a developer and I don't know the cost of, you know, hosting servers and whatnot. But in my mind, it's like, they're not paying anything additional. Yeah. Whether I have 10 users or I have five users or whether they charge me 10 bucks or whether they charge me a hundred bucks, their cost to host me is the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, like their server or cost minimal. is so min- Yeah, adding another user is a de minimis, de minimis cost for them. We're yeah. talking about a pennies. pennies a year. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they just have you by the balls. Yeah, uh, and, and it's like, like we're, we're gonna not going to leave Slack. Yeah, we're not going to leave Clavio. Yeah, where would we go? Nowhere. You know, there's this company in uh, out of Texas called Vista Equity Partners, which it's run by the richest black guy in America, mm-hmm. and he wears three piece suits, and everybody who works there the first thing they do is they go buy a three-piece suit. I don't care if you're a woman, you're like, I need a three-piece suit now to because uh, this guy's only three-piece suit. I heard their office awesome. dog is a three-piece suit. <laughs> Sorry, their <laughs> office dog has one. And um, their business model is we come in, we buy a SaaS business, we double prices, we sell the business and <laughs> we, we sell leave. It. Yeah. yeah. So, and you know, if we can triple prices, we triple prices. Yeah. And I think it's a beautiful business idea. Yeah. Uh, it's generally worked incredibly well for them. There was a company that bought stamps.com I think it was Thomas Bravo. It's a private equity firm. And they bought ShipStation. Like Stamps.com owns ShipStation. And, you know, ShipStation is so underpriced. It's like $10 a user. And so if you've got 10 users and you're doing 25,000 trans, you know, you're doing 10,000 transactions a day, it's still like $80 a month or something like that, or $100, $200 a month. Right. And then as soon as they bought it, they're like, okay, we're charging you per sale that you have. If you have 200,000 transactions a month, we want, you know, 10 cents from each transaction. And they basically increase prices by 10x. Because they're like, you're using the, you're using it more, we're going to charge you more for it. And they're wow. doing price discrimination, and that's working really well for them, I think. I don't know. I think people will leave at some point, is the honest answer. Like, um, I had a couple, like, Gorgeous. Gorgeous prices. I'm an investor in Gorgeous. Are you an investor in Gorgeous? No, but we use it a lot. Gorgeous prices are insane. Yeah, they've gotten And people up. leave Gorgeous because the prices are so high. Right. Clavio prices are up. Recharge has pretty shitty service with really the expensive worst. prices. You never get a reply. You never get a reply. And I remember I chatted with Recharge once when like before there was retention, you know, Smarter, Smarter and Skio. And I was like, hey, this the, look at these 15. Pro- we just switched to Shopify. We just switched to Recharge. Here are 15 hair on fire problems that I have with Recharge. And they're like, well, go fuck yourself. Maybe Recharge isn't for you. And I was like, go fuck yourself. <laughs> and, you know, there was no other option because they were they had monopoly. Yeah, power. they were the There's only ones. Else. Yeah. And now that they don't, I'm sure these businesses are eating their lunch. Yeah. Because everyone's been pissed off at this company for a long time. Yeah. They haven't done anything. They've raised a fortune from Summit. Summit's just like raise prices, do nothing. Fuck your service. Fuck your customers. And, uh, you know, all these brands are coming in eating their lunch. And- I, I think that'll happen. These prices have got to come down. I think just, so too. Clavio, I'm not sure what happens with Clavio. Like, do they lose customers? Do they not? I think so, I think they will lose some customers. And I think in particular, if you're a new brand and you're looking at pricing, yeah, you know, if you're an old brand or you're doing ten million dollars a year, it's already hard to switch, and you've got flows built out. If you're a new brand starting, and you're like, oh, you know what? OmniSend offer uh, offers ninety percent of the features that Clavio does. Maybe I'll use OmniSend to start out with. Yeah, I remember again when I was I was at Hint. This was probably like five years ago. I messaged the CEO of Recharge on LinkedIn. And I said, for the love of God, please make it easy to make a cart direct permalink. Yeah. So I can build a landing page. You click one button, it drops you in the cart, variety pack with a subscription. He said, it'll be out by January next year, 2018. And they still don't have this. (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't exist. What is wrong with that? It's probably something they could build in a weekend if they wanted to. Maybe less, maybe a day. I honestly don't know what they're doing over there. Like, do they have one developer? I think they have like Manscaped, Dr. Squatch, and Billy are probably three of their top five customers. And I think they have one developer supporting the entire (laughs) ecosystem. (laughs) Go fucking do something over there. What do you guys, like, you know, there's no innovation for you. No innovation. And and to be honest, if I were starting a business today, I wouldn't even look at Recharge. I'd look at all these upstarts because I'm like, they're hungry. They're hiring engineers and they're building real product. Yeah. These guys who have a bunch of money are just looking at cash flow. And they're not looking at product any longer. Yeah. Even, um, I mean, our favorite, Yapo. Yeah. Like, Yapo is another one that I feel like hasn't really, they've innovated by acquisition, but that's it. I think they're uh, learning their lesson a little bit. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, before I thought it was just me shitting on them on Twitter. And I remember my favorite tweet ever that I wrote was, 
If you want to save money on income taxes, use Yapo. You'll have no income left. Ask your accountant <laughs> for more information. But like now they're like trying to put some basic starter prices on their website. Like I saw, I had a conversation once with uh, one of their executives and they're like, we're going to do this in two weeks. And that was a year ago and it didn't happen for like six months. Yeah. Now I do see some prices. It says starting at and like, you know, the starting at plans are so small that if you're doing any scale, you have to give them right. a call. And there's so much price discrimination. They lock you into contracts and uh, they don't let you out of contracts. And I think everyone still hates them. And I kind of do too. You know, when I talk to people who work at Yapo now, they're like, we understand that this is a problem for people. Yeah. And before they're like, go fuck everyone. We're Yapo. We're the man. Right. Give us your money. Right. And now they're like, okay, I see people hate us. There was a time a few months ago when they really wanted to partner up with me and do something. Yeah. Pretty hefty offer. And I was like, guys, until you change your pricing, nothing's happening. And then I think that like Saturday or Sunday, I got an email from somebody in their marketing team. And and it was like to a Google sheet link. And it was like, this is our new pricing going live next week. Wow. And I was like, wow. Okay. Uh, but then, you know, we'd already decided to jump into Okendo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well good for them for at least like changing their pricing. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I feel like that's one of the things that startups do. It's like a byproduct of a good startup is you change the industry. Yeah. Like you force everybody to do better or innovate more or uh, drive more value. Yeah. And that's why like Avalara is not going to do anything right now because there's nobody there. Yeah. But, you know, like reviews is going through that. Uh, Zendesk went through that with Gorgeous. Yeah. You know, maybe somebody's going to do that in email. I'd yeah, be, Cl- I'd be I mean, shocked I mean, if somebody doesn't. Clivio like changed the industry and made MailChimp create like real psych- I used MailChimp in my first business. It was like, do you want to email everybody or nobody? Those are your options. Right. And, you know, there was no segmentation possible. And Clavio was like, let's show you what segmentation can do and really change that industry. Yeah. Uh, you know, Yapo pricing is still insane. And so I, I still can't endorse. I, I, I respect that they're thinking about it finally, but it's still outrageous. And I'll tell you the reason that I shit on them so much is when we were looking for a review service at Native, I think they w- wanted like $80,000 a year. And mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to buy you a fucking S500 Mercedes Benz <laughs> every year to run reviews. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, you know, is the CEO going to give me a blowjob in the back of that S500 daily? Get the fuck out of here. I was so, uh, like, you know, I was never more upset at them. I was like, this is criminal What'd you behavior. end up using? We used Stamped.io. Okay, nice. Which uh, sold their business. Um, for 100, right? I think it was for 100 million or like 85 million and a $15 million earnout, something to that effect, uh, to WeCommerce. We nice. should talk about WeCommerce. I, I haven't done enough yeah. research yet, but their stock prices come down quite a bit. What are your uh, thoughts on order-based pricing in general? I can't stand it. Because I know their cost doesn't increase at all. It's like the Slack thing. Their yeah. cost increases maybe a penny a year yeah, yeah, for an yeah. extra thousand orders. Yeah. Well, I understand why people do it because it's sure. basically like- If I was uh, on that side, it makes sense. Price discrimination, yeah. Like the, it's like a printer, right? Like the more you need this printer, the more uh, you know, you'd have to buy ink. Right. And ink is where we charge you. We don't charge you for the printer. We charge yeah. you for the ink. And same thing with like Gillette razor blades, right? Like, you know, that razor blade is a fucking fortune. What's going on in there? Yeah. You know, what are you guys doing? You know, is there a baby's stem cells in the Gillette razor blade that it costs $8 for five blades? You guys have been making this for a hundred years, right? Yeah. Your costs can come down or no? You know, you have a machine or are you guys doing it by pounding steel by hand? You know, it's, I don't understand what's going on yeah. here. So I think there's a lot of those businesses. I hate order-based pricing too. There, the I'll tell you the one exception to it is um, text messaging, where text messages right because they have an actual cost. cost. Money. Yeah, yeah. They have a cost to Twilio. Yeah, that but, cost is um, legitimate. Yeah, that makes sense. But like the the prices based on order volume makes no sense. Also, I think if you're a reviews company, you should price based on how many reviews come in, not how many orders are made. Yeah, yeah you know, because right. like yeah, yeah. you could get your reviews app set up yeah. and just have a terrible onboarding. And then your arbitrage is having a bad onboarding, but still charging everybody by the order. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, you know? Yeah. We used to, at the time stamped offered us flat fee pricing. They're like, get as many reviews as you want. Don't get as any reviews. We don't really care. Right. Uh, this is your price. And their service used to be incredible. Pre-acquisition, right. their service was in... You'd email this guy. I'm not sure who Tommy... If Tommy's a real person or not. I'd email him at 2 in the morning San Francisco time or 6... Or like, you know, 2 p.m. And in, in both instances, he'd respond in like 30 seconds. And I'm like, the same person is just working 24 hours a day has never yeah. slept. And it was incredible service. And I've heard that service has sort of fallen off of a cliff. That's actually... That's an interesting trick. I know Rumble... Yeah. boxing yeah. they have they also have like an alias like that i don't i don't remember the name but it's like tommy at do you rumble and it's like anytime you email tommy it goes to like every computer and whoever responds first is tommy yeah we did that in native like there was a girl named julia colbert 
And I'll tell you what happened is when I was starting this thing, she like I went to a high school with a girl named Julia Colbert and she had posted on Facebook when I was like creating my Help Scout account or like our, uh, you know, um, customer service platform. And so I was like, OK, I need a girl's name because we're selling primarily to women. And I right. want them to feel comfortable chatting with us. So I just took her name and put it on our Help Scout account. Smart. And she's gotten married. And so has a different last name. And I don't know what it is. But so. There are, you know, 30 customer service agents at Native. They were all oh, Julia, Julia Colberts. Yeah. And we'd be like, how many tickets are in Julia today? Yeah. And people would be like, so is this a real person? And at one point I was like, let me uh, like ask her, I'll fly her in. And I want her to right. meet the customer service <laughs> yeah. team. And she'd be like, why are these people called my name? This makes absolutely no sense. Like, you know, I haven't chatted with her in 20 years. Right. But, she, uh, you know, that one moment she had posted something on Facebook. And from That's that moment, you got it from. yeah, Julia Colbert has run all customer service. That's awesome. I think it's Native. smart. I mean, for a long weekend, our customer service girl's name is Maria. And everything we send out is from Maria. Yeah, I think it's a great thing to, to do. No um, one wants a company to email them. Yeah, no one you want uh, yeah. a person. Yeah, they want a person yeah. and like they want someone who they feel like they have a connection with and they can be like, "Hey, here's a problem I'm having." Right. And uh, you know, one of the reasons we chose Help Scout instead of Zendesk cuz if you you get a customer service email from Zendesk and somebody responds, the response is like right above this email, like, you know, you please uh, you know, add all text above this line or something. Right. And I was like, this is so impersonal. I basically want our customer service to look like some person is sitting in their living room Using in Gmail. their underwear, yeah, responding to you via Gmail. Yeah. Because I want you to feel like there's a personal connection between you and the CS agent that we've got doing this. And uh, that's why we use Help Scout because it looked like it was coming from Gmail. That's awesome. All right. If you had three businesses to start. Yeah. Here's business number one. Yeah. High AOV, low consumption, maybe once a quarter, 50% margin. Low consumption means low repeat purchase. Low right? repeat purchase. Yeah. And it's not a subscription though. Second business is low AOV, high consumption, 80% margin. It's bought once though. So I guess it wouldn't be high consumption. It'd be low AOV, 80% margin. You buy it once. Let's say it's like 30 bucks. Uh, third business is low AOV, subscription, 15% margin. Which yeah. one would you go for? Uh, I really like repeat purchase businesses. So I'm not sure which one that is on this list. but I think the third one. one. Okay, gotcha. Subscription. You know, I think the trouble with single purchase items is that there's a big market for them possibly, and then everyone buys it, and that's the end of the business. Because right. like, you know, you have good days and bad days of Facebook ads, but at some point you max out that scale because, you know, like look at Casper mattresses. I looked at Casper's uh, 10K and they're like, we have sub 15% repeat purchase rate, which makes sense. Like, you know, how often are you buying mattress? Right. But that means basically they sell you the $700 mattress, they have to be profitable and they never talk to you again. Like that's the end of the relationship. And with Native, what happened is that we just constantly kept building a, a larger and larger loyal customer base. And that fueled our growth and our revenue and our profitability. And I remember like in uh, 2017, January 2017, we did like a million or a million one in revenue. And I was like, by the end of 2017, I want to do a million dollars in cut in repeat customer revenue. Mm -hmm. And we did that in like May. And what because, was your average percentage of re, like sub, sub, uh, repeat or subscription versus new? You know, it changed over time. Like you sure. know, at the beginning, you're all new, uh, and then you know, as you continue to grow, like yeah, you know, yeah. When we we're probably what doing about five, when you were like constantly growing. Yeah, so I guess like um, 20% of customers were coming through as subscription customers. Okay. 80% of customers were buying as non-subscription customers. Got Most it. of our repeat customers came in as non-subscription customers, and they came back to the product over and over again. And then, uh, yeah, like the million dollars, you know, that million dollars, you don't have to acquire those customers. You send right. out emails or whatever. And so we were super profitable on them. We we're probably generating four or $500,000 of net profit a month on those wow. customers and we're not even talking about new customer acquisition. Um, and that four or $500,000, a lot like, you know, if we had bad months in new customer acquisition, well, we were still profitable because we had this four or 500,000 or we could subsidize new customer acquisition. We could subsidize trying new things like podcasts or direct mail because we had this four or $500,000 in our pocket. Right. And so I'm a big fan of that because you don't have like, you know, you can build a loyal customer base. And, you know, when things got bad for us, which happened in like Q4 of every like, you know, December, no one's buying deodorant in December. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not as hot out and you're not buying it as a gift. And so we were like relying on these new customers to fuel our business and give us revenue and maintain our revenue growth. And that was really great. It gave us a stable floor to go out and try and hunt new customers down while still continuing to grow the business and providing a profitable base. 
if we were a business that was like, you know, a Casper mattresses and Q4 was hot for us, but Q2 or Q3 wasn't, I'd be like, what are we doing here? It's Q3. We're not getting any sales. And, yeah. You know, no one coming back. There's no profitability here. That would have scared me. Right. Totally. What would you do? I think I would do the low AOV, high consumption, 80% margin. Because again, I, I like the repeat business as yeah. well. It's also just addicting. Like you see the numbers, you see like... Our subscriptions go at 10, 10 a.m. every day is when the cards get swiped and the orders come in. And just seeing that long list of orders come in at 10, between 10, 10 and 10, 11. It's amazing. It's addicting. Yeah. It's like a drug. The other great thing about subscriptions, uh, which we did multiple times, is we'd push the rev. We're like, oh, we're running out of inventory. Push all the subscriptions five days. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you're like, you know, I have this stable base, but I actually don't need to charge them right now. Right. So, you know, you get an email, but be, be like, okay, before that person gets an email, push that subscription down. So no one gets an email. We've got plenty of inventory for new customers. And when we get the new inventory batch in, we'll start fill, fulfilling the subscription customers. Too. Speaking of email, I think one of my favorite post-purchase emails was the one you wrote for Native. Do you remember what it was exactly? It was like, we're placing your deodorant on a beautiful pillow or something. Yeah, yeah. I had just been to like, I'd gone to London. And so I was like, we have um, like uh, the person who polished the the Queen's jewels, the crown jewels at the Tower of London is also polishing your deodorant and putting it on a, a <laughs> pillowcase. And there's a bunch of people who did that before me. Right. Like um, there was somebody from e-commerce who, I don't know the brand that had it. The OG, I think that did this was like CD rack, which was like, we're singing baby hit me one more time yeah. while we're packing this thing. And it was great. And people love that. It's such a human connection, a great place to have fun. Totally. And it's basically the post-purchase and shipping confir- shipping confirmation emails were like uh, fun like that. I tried to draft one for lost password as well, which is like, we know how hard it is to find your lost uh, a lost remote in your sofa. We're going to try and make this as easy as possible. So you don't need to worry about it. Here's the link. Click it. But we could never get anything funny enough. And I never had the time to like draft it. Yeah. Email has become something that people hire agencies for a lot now. And sure. I think one of the the things that loses its soul is copywriting yeah. when you hire an agency. Yeah. Because most agencies come in and they come in with a playbook or a template of how to do this as quick as possible to make sure they're not losing money against what they're getting paid. Yeah. And so I think, you know, this was actually one of the things I realized this week is like, we have an agency we use for long weekend, but like we got to write our own emails because just saying, thanks for your order, uh, your order's on the way is not exciting. But like saying something like, hey, it's Maria, you know, you just placed this order for, you know, insert amount and Bobby can't stop screaming about excitement because the ads are working. Yeah. You know, or like something that just gets you fired up as a customer to read. Uh, but yeah, yeah I just so thought fun. it was an interesting you're anecdote. dealing with a personal brand and not like Nike. Exactly. And it's really great. Exactly. Um, we actually hired this Harvard grad who used to do like, uh, who worked at the Comedy Cellar or mm-hmm. like, you know, wrote jokes for comedians to try and draft one of our emails as well. I thought that was really, uh, like that was a good way to Comedians are perfect copywriters. Yeah. Very underrated. It's so true. Like, you know, if I was running one of those double-decker bus tours, yeah. I'd basically get a comedian to write the whole thing because it'd be so entertaining. Exactly. It's nice to be like, okay, this is the Empire State Building and I'm interested in it. Give me a joke about it and I'll yeah. like love you. you yeah, know? yeah. Um, You'll tell everybody about it. Yeah. But, you know, we're talking about new businesses for a second. You wrote a great, suggestion for a business here, which is a pixel side hustle. Tell us about it. So one thing I've learned is like, if you want to quickly make money, right? Let's say you're like, all right, I'm, I'm 19 years old or I'm 27 years old. I'm getting into this world of e-commerce. What's the fastest way to make money? You go to Google, you're not going to really find anything, right? You can say, uh, you go to Google, you're like, I'm 19. How do I build any, how do I make money in e-commerce? It's going to be like, well, you Shopify, Dropship, yeah. whatever. I think the best way to do it is you go to people who are like, who've been in this industry for a while and you say, what are like 15 problems you have or what are just 10 things that bother you, right? And so uh, I just did this exercise on myself and I thought, okay, what's something like when, when you're launching a brand, what's something that's like annoying and you cannot afford to fuck it up? And it's like pixeling your site, right? So good. So Your Facebook pixel, your... Snap Pixel, TikTok, Quora, Pinterest, like there's so many pixels out there. Quantcast, Microsoft Clarity, there's just, there's things that you don't even think about, right? Like you think about pixeling, you're like, all right, Facebook, Google, make sure those are there, Google Analytics. But if you had added Microsoft Clarity, you can look at the heat maps and the scroll depth and user sessions. If you had added Quantcast Clarity or Quantcast Measure, uh, you could see like exactly the demographic of your customers and how many are college educated and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So I think there's a business where it's a two-part business. So one side is you go to Moyes and you say, all right, Moyes, you're starting an e-commerce business. 
how, how much money are you going to do in your first year? Okay, you're going to do $500,000. Okay, how much money are you going to spend? You're going to spend $150,000 or $200,000 in ads. Like, give me five grand. I'm going to go get you set up with every pixel, server-side tracking. I'm going to make sure that every button is pixeled so that you can have the best possible chance of your ad platforms knowing what to do. And then the second part of the business is you go to companies like Elevar and Microsoft and all these companies that, you, that you're going to install anyways, and you say, give me a cost per, for every brand I bring on, give me $1,000, Yeah. right? Like, you're going to probably end up winning Moise's business once he's making a million dollars to run some display retargeting, and he might spend $100,000 a month. Uh, just give me 1000 bucks right now, and I'll make sure that he's so addicted to Quantcast, he's not going to want to get sure. off. And so I think it's a great side hustle. I think it's something that you could do three of these a month and make 15K, and you know it, it would take you like two hours per store to do. I, I couldn't agree more with you. And I think you could go after even big businesses because like Facebook, uh, you know, uh, now there's a conversion API. Not everyone has figured out conversion API or understands how important it is, and it's integrated it well. Uh, Google Analytics is great. Everyone starts with Google Analytics and uh, activates the e-commerce thing. But you're right, buttons on the site. No one's like, okay, I have a pop up. Right. Uh, what is I'm tracking the you know clicks to, of a submission rate through that pop up. Yeah. Uh, through Google Analytics, everyone's tracking it through another platform or like my FAQ page. What are people opening up here? Right. I need a heat map. What's for the that? question like, yeah. that people look at the most? Yeah, exactly. No one is pixel their site perfectly. It's really hard to do. Yeah. So I think you're absolutely right. I think a pixel audit. You know, you can give away a pixel audit or like, you know, do a yeah, pixel audit. And be free. Like, yeah, you're missing all of these things. I'm going to go fix all this stuff. Give me $5,000. And virtually every business that's doing a million dollars a year is like for 5000 This is such good value add for $5,000. Exactly. And something that I can't seem to figure out. Like, you know, you need a lot of experience pixeling a lot of sites to be like, these are a few of the problems on the site. So for instance, uh, when I look at a bunch of Facebook ads for different businesses, I for some reason, I still see initiate checkout as more expensive than purchase. And I'm right. like, this is impossible. Yeah. Because like, everyone who purchases has to have initiated checkout. And uh, the CPA is cheaper than the CPI of initiating checkout. And so, uh, you know, the pixel is wrong. The pixel on initiate checkout is firing wrong. I'd love to, for someone to come in and fix those pixels. Right. Uh, and nobody knows, you know, I just don't have the time or the bandwidth and neither do these brands to go find those people. And so I think I, I think this is a great, great idea. Yes. Whoever uh, starts this should email us and we'll put you on. Yeah, yeah. And like, you know, <laughs> uh, you, you know, I'd love to, yeah, we'll we'll endorse you right here and I'd love to uh, give you your first five clients, yeah. basically. Yeah, $25,000 sitting right here. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For like yeah, five hours of work. You good at this. Yeah. yeah you you have, have to, to understand pixels. Yeah. The other thing I think is like... Um, Audits of like, you know, for Clavio, for instance, I think another good business like this is here's my open rate. How do I get my open rate up? Like, you know, yeah. tell me the 10 easiest, give me 10 things that I should do to get my open rate up and to in increase my deliverability and put them in order of like most impact for like least amount of work. Right. Yeah. People are going to be like, you need to call your list more. Okay. How, who should I call? Like, you know, should it be, uh, okay, this person is a Gmail. You're sending this email to Gmail and they haven't opened up in 120 days. Don't send it to him. Yahoo, 180 days. Hotmail, 30 days. You know, all, give me like real detail here. Right. Tell me what list I shouldn't like, oh, what list I should exclude. Um, tell me that I should switch my, you know, DNS server from Clavio to my own. Uh, like give me 10 tips here. Right. And uh, help me increase my deliverability. I think that's a massive value add and nobody's doing that either. And like every business is super reliant on those emails. Building off that too, there is a world where, so like uh, connecting your accounts is pretty easy now, right? You could use like Fivetran or, or some other company. And I think there's a world where like, if I'm a direct-to-consumer brand, I come in, I connect Facebook, I connect organic social, I connect email, PostScript, and Shopify. Every month I get a report sent to me with data that's like, you know, uh, all the standard stuff, your revenue, your conversion rate, how it compared month over month, by week, maybe quarter over quarter. And then in addition, how it compares to other direct consumer businesses or other categories. So Veros kind of does that right now. But I think you take it a step further and depending on variables. So let's say your conversion rate fell by 50% month over month there should be, almost be like automated insights that that populate. And it's like, how can you populate a hundred, you know, maybe it's like a thousand tips based on different variables. And then it just automatically gives you that report every month. Another way to do it is, you know, there's macro trends that happen and like all businesses have the same issues. And it's like, how could you be the one guy sitting in your boxers on your couch, write one report and then attach it to data and send it to a thousand companies every month? 
You know who should do that? Shopify should do the last one. They because should. they're seeing all this information. They should be like, conversion rates are up or down. This is what we're seeing. Yeah. I don't know why they're not taking advantage of that and providing, you know, arming their merchants. Right. With like, you know, the, arming their rebels like they constantly say they are instead of being like, hey, we're not buying Deliveroo now. Right. I, I think that you're absolutely right. That needs yeah. to happen. Either Shopify could do it. I mean, they'd have yeah. the best data yeah. and they'd be able to fund the right people and team yeah. to do it. But I think it could also be like some kid who's like a yeah. nerd about Shopify and e-commerce yeah. and uh, just sits at home and charges every brand like 500 bucks a month to just get this report. Because everybody can get a report, but it's like the insights and the why is never there. Yeah, agreed. You know, I wish there was a, like something like an emergency alarm bell as well on my website where like sometimes I look at my website and I'm like, okay, or like, you know, I'd look at Native's website and I'd be like, okay, sales are down. What's going on here? Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, I have to look at the conversion rate. I have to look at, you know, are, is the same amount of customers that come through Stripe and PayPal still happening? Yeah. Is the same amount of like, you know, are all the products populating? Is there a problem with our checkout page? Like I wish there was a little bit of a, hey, you're, something's going on. Your sales are down 10% from what they usually are today. And we think this is what the problem is. There's actually uh, a company called TrackstarHQ.com um, okay, well, where it is a, a pretty bad name. But they, they claim to basically say that, um, you know, you integrate everything. So like down to your Yotpo account. And if your credit card gets declined. I don't on, have a Yotpo account. Yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> if your credit card gets declined on Klaviyo and all of a sudden you're not sending yeah. an email, like this tells you in Slack. Yeah. Okay. That's so good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because sometimes your Facebook ad account would get shut down because they're like, we think you got hacked and you're like, yeah. I didn't. Or, you know, your credit card, you know, one of the issues that we got with these credit cards that we were talking about at the beginning of our conversation here was that you hit the credit limit and you forget. Like right. one of the important things is you better pay off that credit card on a daily basis. Yeah. Otherwise you will stop, you know, forget about, there'll be a, you'll go, you'll go from, oh, I'm making so much money through these credit card rewards points to, holy shit, the credit card rewards points just cost me three days of sales yeah, because exactly. my Facebook ads got shut down. Yeah. Uh, so that's no, I really think, interesting. Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's got a wait list. Okay. Okay, we've got to wrap up here, but I think one of the things that we want to do uh, before we wrap up on all of these things uh, moving forward on all of our podcasts is give out a shout out to brands that we really like that yeah. we have not invested in, that we have no relationship with, or like, you know, maybe know the people or use the product, but we really just enjoy the products. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you go first? I'd love to hear what you're, what you're a big fan of right um, now. I got three that I'll shout out. One is Caged, which is the shirt I'm wearing. Uh, phenomenal pre-workout. It's just a supplements brand, but it's it's a it's a great supplements brand. I love their HydroCharge, which is their electrolyte mixer and their pre-workout. The second one is Whoop, just because I don't think I've taken this thing off in months. Wow. Uh, but I love the data that comes from it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's got me to, I, like, I don't drink alcohol as yeah. a result of wearing my Whoop and tracking my sleep. Wow. And so, yeah, so I love Whoop. Also, their blog is a phenomenal example of like what brands should be doing if they want to have a blog. I think most brands like waste money with their blog. They hire an SEO agency, yeah, uh, which is great. But then the content they put out is again, like Garbage. going back to that email agency yeah. conversation, you can't have somebody else ideating your content or yeah. your strategy with any agency. The strategy has to be done internally. And, um, you know, when you have like seven party tricks of how to celebrate a, a wedding during COVID, like no one cares. Sure. Anyways, third brand I'd say is Italic. I think I wear Italic almost daily. Boxers and socks, great for Italic. Shoes, great for Italic. Workout really? shorts, great for Italic. I have a gym bag from Italic. The the quality is truly phenomenal. Really? And I'm so unashamed to walk around with wearing everything Italic because the quality is insanely good. I have never bought anything from there, but I'm going to check so, it out. It's so, so good. Like, I think if I pull up my Italic dashboard, I think I've saved like four or $5,000 <laughs> shopping through Italic based on their calculations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, based on Yotpo's calculations, I've saved a million dollars. Right, uh, you right. Know, using Yotpo. Yeah. But yeah, no, I love Italic and uh, I'm not invested in there, but if I could, I probably would. Okay. I, I mentioned these two. Uh, for me, I really love CompTIA Coffee. I've been living in Airbnbs for about two years now, and a shocking number of them don't have coffee machines, yeah. but will have like, um, you know, like a Keurig machine. And I'm not a big fan of a Keurig machine. And so I really have loved the Cometeer stuff because I, all I need is basically How do you make hot it? water. What I'll do is I'll, when I wake up, I take the coffee out of the freezer. I boil some water. I go brush my teeth. I always try and drink a bottle of like, you know, 16 ounces of water before I do anything. And mm -hmm. then like um, by the time I'm done with all of those, the thing is... Uh, Melted. Loose enough. Yeah. And, yeah. and then I just drop it in the- Got uh, it. Uh, my um, my cometeer trick is I'll wake up, uh, take it out, 
put it in like a mug, coffee mug, and run hot water so it gets all yeah. liquid. And then I'll just put some ice and water and mix I it. You're gonna say you shoot it. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> <laughs> I snort it. Yeah. The other business I really love is Ten Thousand, which makes workout. I'm gear. wearing some uh, yeah. Ten Thousand. I always I love wear Ten Thousand. I the love Ten Thousand so much. Yeah. Um, it's huge in New York and LA. It's not big anywhere else. Like I've never, you know. Yeah. I never see people in like Dallas where I'm from uh, using it. Yeah. I wish there was one idea like this. Is, you know, you mentioned that pixel idea. Here's a business idea for e-commerce that I don't think will work. Just three three ideas, ideas today. This is mine, and I think it's a bad idea, but I wish it existed, which was, I want to try boxers from MeUndies and um, mm. uh, Talik and uh, The Big Favorite and everybody else who makes uh, underwear, and same thing with socks, right? right. Like, I want Bombas and MeUndies and uh, Max Weldon or whatever. they Like, I want to try all of those to find out the ones that I like the most. Yeah. So I wish there was, like, you know, buy one pair from each of these companies for $100, you send me 10 boxers and a $50 or $100 gift card to one of them um, so that I'm like, okay, you know what? I chose Max Weldon, although I hate that. Mac Weldon, I Mac hate Weldon. that. Terrible, terrible boxers. So send me all of them so I can try all of them, choose my favorite, and then use a gift card to go out and buy those. Uh, the, Smart. The, I mean, the ones even I uh, from a customer acquisition cost standpoint, 50 bucks plus the cost of cogs on socks is nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like, like the so- And, you know, that brand isn't even doing the sales, right? Yeah. So it's basically the, you, you got to give me a $50 gift card or like, you know, 10 pairs of socks, which will all be donated from that brand to do customer acquisition. Right. Um, so I think it, it could be a small business. It's it probably could, yeah. like a million dollar a year business. But I think, I wish that existed because I would use it for boxer socks. And I've been looking for leggings yeah. that I wear under my shorts. Um, I wear the exact same leggings every day. Yeah. In fact, I wash these every day because it's the only pair that I like and I cannot what find brand another is that one. one. Nike. Okay. And they like, these are an old Nike style though and they don't make this one any longer. Have you and tried 2X, that brand? No. Those are pretty solid, but I agree. Like I did this with black t-shirts because I was like, yeah. I want the best black t-shirt ever. And the one that I landed on was Western Rise, which like no one's heard of that company. Yeah. But that, in, in my opinion, is is probably the best black t-shirt. And think about how many you got to try, like from cuts to built to, right. you know. Mack Weldon, yeah. Nike, yeah. Western Yeah, so Rise. many of them. Yeah, so Give many. Give me 10 and then I can pick one that right. fits well that I'm like, okay, I'm a medium in this or a large in this and I yeah. can live on my life. Exactly. Um, anyway, so those are my two, Cometeer and 10,000. Cool. Um, okay, what are we talking about next a podcast? I'd love to talk about Ali Webb at Canopy. I think that's yep. a huge deal. Huge deal. She's uh, their president now. Yeah, that is founder a massive of dry deal. Bar. I think we're going to be talking about Facebook and Shopify earnings. With the which earnings, yeah, huge. We didn't get to this Andrew Udarian tweet, which I think I, right. I'd really love to d- dive into. Uh, I think you know the crazy part is that he's like, uh, we found that number one thing we found was ROAS is overrated. I don't think that that's the case, but I think we're talking about two different parts of the e-commerce world. Uh, so I'd love to dig into that as well. Perfect. Oh, awesome. and one thing I also yeah. want to talk about is um, this like master report. What all you should be looking at on a daily basis. It, whether you're doing a million dollars or $10 million a year. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, like yeah. Triple Will constantly is like playing around with that. Right. And um, I, I I think like, you know, there are a lot of, you know, outside of just the Triple Will analytics, it should be like, what does my inventory look like on a yeah. daily basis? How many, yeah. day, you know, all those types of things. Yeah, awesome. Awesome, looking forward to the next episode. All right, we'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next time to cut through the noise in CPG, retail, and e-commerce. And if you enjoyed this episode, then why not share it with a friend? And be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you listen to your podcasts on. 